0: want to go to there? Snipe! I saw it in the window and I just couldn't resist it. Francie doesn't like coffee ice cream. Hi, for those of you who've just tuned in, everyone here is a crazy person.
1: Are we having fun yet? <laughs> yes, yes,
0: 30 hellers agree.
2: Never mind. Maybe the dingo ate your baby. It's a cunning plan, actually.
1: Would
2: you believe it? And you beautiful tropical fish. Don't mention the war. Clear eyes to
1: hard hearts, keep. Hello and welcome to the Televerse, Sound on Sites TV podcast. This is Kate Kalsik, and I'm joined as ever by Sean Coletti. Sean, technology, right?
2: Technology is always our friend.
1: Always our friend. So this is going to be a little bit of a brief uh, opening section to the podcast, and that's because we've already recorded this podcast And then it got eaten. About 90 minutes of podcast got eaten today. So this is take two for us. And uh, in in the spirit of actually getting this podcast out today, uh, we're going to just kind of make sure we get our main points across. But it might feel a little truncated from our usual rambly selves. But I think I think that's probably OK, right?
2: Yeah. I mean, sometimes we talk too long.
1: It's a, it is a thing that we do. So, uh, rather, we did get a bunch of comments from you guys this week and they were great. There were some, some fun ones at the, uh, at the website in particular. Uh, thanks for, for all of those guys. Uh, but we're gonna, we're gonna just, uh, quickly, uh, mention a couple things up top and then go right into our weekend in TV, uh, cause, Still got to edit this thing today, even though we had to do it over. Um, So I wanted to mention, first of all, at Sound on Sight, that our best TV episodes of the year so far just went up, which was pretty great. And uh, I got a tweet from um, the actor who played young Louie in that episode of Louie that we selected, which was pretty cool. So, you know, that that was pretty neat. People should check out our list.
2: That's some celebrity status right there. I know, right?
1: Look at that. Uh, but I think it's a good list.
2: It's a great list, yeah. I mean, it, it does represent, I think, the best of the best. So Hannibal's on there. Woo!
1: Well, of course Hannibal's on there. This year's the season's been ridiculous in a wonderful, wonderful way. Um, so that's up at Sound on site. Uh, and then also, uh, this is, of course, our Comic-Con preview episode. So uh, we will have... Uh, I will be speaking with a special guest this week... Guys, my sister's coming on the podcast. It took 150 episodes for me to find a legitimate reason to have my sister on the podcast. And she will be journeying to Comic-Con with me this year. So we're going to break down a, a look at uh, all the different TV programming and panels at, at uh, Comic-Con this year. And that'll be at the end of the podcast rather than our, our typical informed opinion segment. Uh, I'm very excited uh, for for to be able to share Comic-Con with her this year. And um, but, but I'm also very excited to get to actually meet you in person, Sean. Sean and I have never met in person, but that's going to change next week. And why is that, Sean?
2: Because I'm sending a hologram. Okay. <laughs> I'm going down to Comic-Con because San Diego's not that far from me. So we're going to have a good old drinking podcasting time.
1: Well, I shouldn't say we aren't currently planning to to record a podcast, uh, but we will be hanging out with several several other podcasts at uh, Dublin Square Pub, which um, is on Fourth Street, I want to say, in San Diego. And that's going to be at the Criterion cast in Warner Archive and, of course, our friends over at Battleship Pretension, uh, their meetup. So we'll be there. And if you guys are in San Diego for Comic-Con or just around, you should drop by. It would be cool to, to meet some of our listeners. So if you're in the area, we would love to to uh, share, uh, raise a glass with y'all. So uh, that is coming up this next week. Dear Lord, how the summer has flown. Uh, what else is is new? Anything else we should mention up here at the top, John?
2: Uh, okay, really quickly, uh, no congratulations to Germany because I was rooting for Argentina. Nobody cares about LeBron James except for people in Cleveland. Uh, Emmy nominations came out, and I hate every single person who has not seen Hannibal because it deserves art direction, sound design, music, etc. I literally hate these people. See, that's the
1: thing. The, the the Emmys just negated any chance that I or really anyone should take them seriously by not nominating uh, Hannibal for cinematography, but but even more because I get why some people don't watch Hannibal. I understand that Arrow and Strike Back, neither one of them got stunts. But that's, it- but you it's know insane. who did? Brooklyn Nine Nine.
2: It's crazy, and, and Banshee just is at the top of that game as well, and it's not on there. So.
1: Yeah. So I was like, wow, well, wow. I mean, obviously, we there are many shows we think should be nominated that weren't, or performances, or any number of things. But if that, if 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 the Emmys can't get fight scenes in uh, Strike Back and uh, Arrow, I mean, that finale for Arrow, are you kidding me? Or Banshee uh, nominated, then clearly there's no point in me caring about them. So, yeah, that's where I'm at with with the Emmys right now. Uh,
2: I have two other things. One, I promise at some point, one or both of us is going to talk about The Legend of Korra on this podcast. And last thing, uh, once again, listeners can take a guess as to which two of these episodes we're going to talk about made me cry.
1: Oh, which two? Of, wait, which two of the episodes we're talking about? I know which one made me cry, so we'll get there. Uh, but yeah, that's it's a fun guessing game. Uh, for now, though, we'll leave everyone to ponder that while we take a break, and then we'll come back with our week in reality and comedy.
3: Where are you,
2: little brother? Are you happy,
3: or do you feel weird? Have you changed a lot? Or not, are you ever going to come back here? I shouldn't. Together. Yeah.
1: This week in reality and comedy, I'm going to preview Married and You're the Worst on FX. Then we'll talk a little Rising Star and So You Think You Can Dance before going back to the comedies for the Backpackers and Seed Pilots over at The CW and then Working the Angles and Welcome to Sweden at NBC. And we'll round things out with Wilfred, Answers, and Adventure Time, Little Brother. All of a sudden, there's a bunch of shows to talk about in this segment. Um, let's kick it off with our previews of Married and You're the Worst. These are two new comedies starting up, up at FX, and, uh, I'll start with Married. I think it is actually a really, a very good show. I, I love this cast, uh, Nat Faxon and Judy Greer are the leads, and they're hilarious. We have, um, John Hodgman and Brett Gellman and Jenny Slade, uh, as the, the friends or associates or, you know, acquaintances of the central couple, and then, um, there's also Paul Reiser who pops up. There's some other notable people who pop up. I think the the only issue I had with it when I was watching it is that uh, because I love that cast so much and because they're all so ridiculously funny when they want to be, I was hoping that the show would be more straightforwardly comedic. When it's going for much more of like a dramedy or a a low key tone, there it's it's much more interested in. Some of the realities and the mundanities, if that's a word, mundaneness. What's the word, Sean? Uh,
2: we'll go with mundanities.
1: Yes, of of life as a late 30s, early 40s something. Uh, with get, with kids and struggling to make ends meet. Uh, there's certainly some really funny stuff, but I was, I guess, hoping for a laugh riot. But that's not the show's fault that I wanted it to be something else. Uh, it it For what it's trying to do and trying to be, I think it's doing a very good job, and I'm sure there are a lot of people who will really enjoy it. You're the Worst I also enjoyed. I think I liked it more than a lot of other people. For Married, I saw the first four. For You're the Worst, I've seen the first two. And uh, with with You're the Worst, I'm a sucker for romantic comedies. Listen, Listeners to the televerse will know I'm willing to give a romantic comedy, if I like the leads, I'm willing to give that show a lot of leeway to find its feet. And um, this has the central premise of two potentially terrible people meeting and uh, maybe falling in love, but it's an unconventional kind of thing because they don't believe in love. And it's you've seen this romantic comedy before. I, I'm, I'm almost positive. Uh, but I do like the leads. I like... Um, the little details of the world. I mean, they do stuff that you've seen before. That they, they there's a precocious neighbor to some extent. Kid, sorry, I should say there's a precocious uh, child who lives nearby who drops by to play video games uh, with one of the the main characters. Uh, you know, so the, it's not something you haven't seen before. But I still enjoyed the episodes that I watched for the most part. Um, as for, you know, I'm going to be at Comic-Con the next, you know, next week, and then I'll be at a family vacation the week after that, so I'm not going to have a lot of time for TV. If I hadn't already seen the next couple episodes, I don't know that I would, uh, carve out time to make sure I stayed caught up with it, but, uh... But I, I think people should check out the pilots. Very indicative. If you like the pilots of these shows, I think you'll you'll like the show and you'll get a sense of the tone that it's going for. So are you going to check them out?
2: Uh, yeah, I'll check out the first episodes at least.
1: Sounds good. Well, let's move over to reality and how are things at Rising Star?
2: Not great, Kate.
1: Okay.
2: Um, <laughs> we are now on to the, the duels, the Sing-Off duels, and there are only three this week. And once again, I'm just disappointed with the talent, really. Um, the, I think the person who is the most talented performer in this group so far, uh, did perform and he did fine, but he's not really shown any variety yet. And this is uh, Jesse Kinch for anybody who's watching. So I don't know. I, I don't really know what happens after these rounds and if it just goes into more sing off battles until it's just one person left. But again, this is a really, really talented, uh, experts panel and minus Kesha and, uh, Josh Groban and i just wish that they had a better uh group of singers to be working with i guess so i will reluctantly finish out this season and then probably never tune back in if it gets renewed
1: how many more episodes are there do you know
2: um so there's two more of the sing-offs and after that i they said quarterfinals after that so i'm assuming so four and then two more and then one so seven more after those
1: that is a lot of episodes to stick with a show that you don't particularly like.
2: Well, it's the summer, and you know what? You're right. There's there's no reason to justify it, so we'll see what happens. I'll probably <laughs> lose my sanity.
1: Well, that can be fun, too, and goodness knows uh, Simon and I covered uh, True Blood, uh, for years on this podcast for the you know past two summers before I was willing to cut the cord and just listen to you talk about it this summer. We'll get there, though. Let's talk about So You Think You Can Dance for now. We had our first cuts. What did you think? Did you agree?
2: Uh, I was mildly sad to see Nick go, even though he wasn't super impressive this week. It was like this weird cosmic coincidence that all eight of my favorite uh, performers up till this point, got paired off in the first four routines, so that was really unusual. But uh, I really liked uh, the Rudy and Tanisha routine that opened up the show. I thought that there was a lot of passion behind that and really strong performances, if somewhat uh, technically imperfect.
1: After the the performances that week, I mean, you couldn't send Serge home, I don't think, for that for that routine, and you certainly couldn't send Casey home for that tango. So when Nick just really didn't rise to the challenge i I don't think there was another choice there as much as i did also enjoy nick i was surprised to see him on the bottom who do you think of the guys is most likely to be in danger this coming week
2: um i've not followed the show obviously but in other competitions it seems like they tend to be recurring so i wouldn't be surprised if either search or who's the other one casey Casey was back there, even though that they both had good performances, and then after that, um, I don't know, the, both, I think both of the performers who had to do the, the phone one are going to be in danger, because that wasn't great.
1: Well, the one was already eliminated, but uh, Stanley certainly, I would imagine, is in danger for For that one, as well, I would be surprised if he wasn't in the in the bottom just because it was not a great routine. A lot of times some of the dancers who get eliminated early on are victims of choreography um and I'm sure there are other dancers who are given not great choreography, but they manage to do something with it or rise above that and if you aren't able to do that in these early weeks on so you think you can dance, you're pretty much out. Uh, any thoughts on the ladies?
2: Uh, man, yeah, there were some, wait, in terms of who's going to be at the bottom?
1: Well, at bottom or stand-up, you know, who who did you connect with?
2: Um, I was hoping to get more from Bridget in the hip-hop one, which didn't end up happening, but, uh, I don't know if that's going to put her at the bottom. I did really like Jessica again. Um, I imagine one of the ballerinas will probably not, um, make it past the next couple weeks.
1: Okay. Well, especially because when they have to dance for their life, I don't feel like the ballet solos are going to help them as much. And that dance for your life comes up if there's like if the judges are split on their decision of who to eliminate. Um, so we'll we'll see what happens with it. There were some routines I really enjoyed. I liked the Sonya Thai routine routines both of them uh, quite a bit. I really liked um the I liked the opening number with the New York, New York. Uh damn, Ricky's good.
2: Ricky's really good,
1: yeah, uh, but but on the whole you know I'm, I'm enjoying the show even if I don't have super standouts, uh, especially with the women. I don't have that many people I particularly feel strongly about. in general, I think it's a strong cast, but uh, I, I'm hoping for maybe for some better ballroom moving forward i'm I'd like to get you know, I like ballroom let's let's see some just completely badass ballroom numbers. I I loved the Argentine Tango this week, but so far that's the only standout ballroom number for me all season.
2: Yeah, also a shout-out to Emilio in the opening act who was swinging the bat around. He's just so good at his jumping.
1: He is very good. Um, uh, Let's move on, though. Any final thoughts on So You Think You Can Dance?
2: Uh, I wish I could dance.
1: Fair enough. Uh, Let's move on to the comedies, and we have the uh, we saw the pilots for CW's Backpackers and Seed. I believe both of these series began as web series, and for at least me, at least one of them is incredibly obvious. Uh, Seed, I do not think is very good, and everybody in it feels like they're overacting to an absurd degree. It felt like I was watching, I was supposed to be watching that is from the back of a theater, uh, a a live watching a live production of this because when the when the camera gets this close everybody was too big
2: yeah these both have very ridiculous premises that are very sitcom seeds i think is more egregious at that um and as such i think backpackers probably looks better by comparison um although i thought that just generally it was a bit stronger so
1: yeah i i like the music in backpackers and generally i just thought it worked better the the actors seemed more relaxed Whereas everybody seemed to be trying really hard in uh, in seed, and they really hoped you liked them, and it was wacky for the sake of wacky. Um, takes that precocious child, uh, from you're the worst, and just makes it makes him look like the most natural addition to a cast ever when you compare some of the children in in this one. Um, I, you know if I didn't have a million other things I should be watching, maybe I would watch another episode of Backpackers. I mean, I have another screener i have a screener episode for both of them i have the second episode but i just i don't have the time i'm not cutting the time out of the rest of the stuff i have to do to make sure i watch these so i can't really recommend that other people do the same
2: yeah and that's probably a good point that's you know we talk about these pilots but that you know based on what we say not all the times we're saying you should be watching this so you shouldn't and these even during the summer like there's probably not enough time for this right now when there are yeah, even things like almost royal, which I think is probably stronger than both of these.
1: Let's move on to the NBC pilots. We have Working the Angles and Welcome to Sweden. Working the Angles is about a family who has to come together after the death of the father, Familius, and just the discovery that they're two hundred thousand dollars in debt. And Welcome to Sweden: uh, an American moves to Sweden to be with his girlfriend, who has a job there, who is Swedish, and meets her Swedish family and culture clash. Uh, now, did you see any connections between these two series, the way that we saw connections between um, the the sperm donor comedy seed and the uh, <laughs> the young people traveling comedy backpackers?
2: Um, there probably are some slight ones. I'd say that uh, working the angles is louder. And um, Welcome to Sweden. I don't know. Welcome to Sweden has... A, an interesting aspect, international aspect to it, I should say, because it genu- genuinely does have subtitles, which um, a lot of shows, even off of the networks, you know, will just have people speaking English in an accent or something, but it really commits to that aspect. But yeah, these are, I guess, two f- maybe family-aimed comedies that work okay-ish and have a couple good performances here and there.
1: Yeah, I, I like a lot of the cast uh, on the fringes of these. I certainly uh, enjoy uh, much of the cast of working the angles. Um, you know, it's nice to see Colin Mackeray show up and Andrea Martin, and we both really enjoy Casey Roll, of course, on on Hannibal. As for, uh, as for Welcome to Sweden, I just love Lena Olin so much on Alias. It's nice to see her in a different context and get to basically just have her on my TV again. Um, but uh, in general, I, I think these are fine. And I think they could grow into something more, but again, I still haven't watched *Orange Is the New Black* season two, more than a f- couple episodes, and I really should be watching that and not more of this. So I think if I didn't have cable, if I didn't, or if I didn't have you know a list of screeners or, or Netflix that I should be watching, then maybe I make as I would certainly make more time for these than either of the CW pilots. But um, you know, or if you are looking for to kill some time, fold some laundry, I think these are good for that. But I wouldn't say that people should seek them out.
2: Yeah, I think of these four, I'm most likely to stick with working the angles, and that's just out of Hannibal loyalty.
1: Yeah. Well, any other thoughts on these pilots, or shall we move on to Wilfred?
2: Let's move on.
1: Next up is Wilfred and Answers. And, uh, you know, I always enjoy when Wilfred does Trippy, I think they do it very well. I think Elijah Wood, he's just he's very good at what the hell is going on face. <laughs> we get a bit of that, but more importantly for me, we also just get some more humor. And that really, that really helped. Uh, you know, I like when we get the, you know, the, the when when Wilfred is eating the dog food, hints of salmon. Why am I still doing this? Uh, that <laughs> that resembles things I've seen dogs do. Uh, what did you think of this episode?
2: Uh, it was good for the reasons that you've mentioned. Uh, also, the presence of Ruckerhauer is almost always a great thing. Um, the shooting of it. And I don't know if this goes I was watching it late at night. There's some, there's some shots where it's, it's more obviously trying to distort perception. And then there's there were some that seemed like normal shots, except squeezed in. So that everything felt or looked slim. And I don't know if that was just me, but it was definitely a good episode in terms of bringing in that trippiness that, that Wilfred sometimes does.
1: How would you feel about uh, the answer we get at the end?
2: I am not convinced that anything that we have is an answer, and you know Wilfred might be the trickster god. He might be the the god that's supposed to lead uh, Ryan to happiness, and he might just be neither. So I don't know. I mean, there's still what half of a season left for this to go, and so I imagine that they're going to be pulling us in a couple more directions. But um, I guess that dichotomy is something that I find interesting.
1: I, I get tired of the constant retread of are you out to hurt me or are you my friend? Because they they do keep, I wish they would just have Ryan decide and commit to it and stop asking Wilfred the same three questions uh, or doubting him, being suspicious of him in the same way. Um, however, that being said, I laughed more. I enjoyed this one more. And whichever way they go with um, the answers they seem very interested in, uh, I, I don't really care as long as I'm laughing, so I will give it to them. It was definitely an improvement for me. Let's move on, though, to Adventure Time, which is our final show this week in comedy, and the episode is Little Brother, all about uh, Shelby, and uh, the whose tail gets cut off, and, of course, be, being a worm, uh, becomes the Little Brother. What did you think?
2: Uh, I thought this was the best Adventure Time that I've had the privilege of talking about on this podcast so far so yeah i was a big fan of this one um super cute it was so cute and this is not one of the episodes in which i cried but it had all the warm fuzzies and just a really nice use of the very short um time span to cover like a full story and that's always appreciated
1: and I mean, people will have heard the song leading into this section. I love the 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 tale, you know, of kind of song that we got, or the the moment of uh, realization that we get from Shelby. That was pretty great, and uh, I, I really enjoyed the narration that we got at the end too. I wasn't expecting it, but I thought it fit really well. And um, yeah, Adventure Time is great. I don't have anything else to say. What, what did you like the Rat King?
2: Yes, good lord, now that whole like. Series of trials was fantastic, and it wasn't like uh Kent was the name of the the brother mm-hmm. is that right yeah he wasn't just like going to these places and being the typical hero archetype and uh denying certain pleasures because of a really noble aspiration or anything It's just because he's he has only been living for so long and doesn't care about these kinds of things, so that that was hilarious
1: I loved uh uh, well, I was only born yesterday, so I don't really have a sense of my own mortality. So I don't really care about, oh, God, that was delightful. And I also really like the little, it's a little touch, uh, of, you know, he's drunk, dr- he's drunk the dew of the tree, so he has to return or whatever. I-, I love how she's like, I'm not sure, I don't know that I believe him, but I think maybe he just wants to live his own life, you know, which I think is such a great little twist on that and really delightful. Um, Adventure Time is the best, guys. You should all be watching it any final thoughts
2: that about sums it up
1: well then what wins your week in comedy and reality
2: it's going to adventure time
1: yeah this is like a slam dunk for me i really enjoyed the episode uh and it was just it was adorable i i hope i get to see some little kid in like a kent outfit at comic-con because it would be super cute just th- i'm just throwing that out there to all you <laughs> cosplayers with children this is this would be a good one uh that wraps up our week in reality and comedy so now we'll take a break and come back with our weekend genre genre. We only have a few shows, but we're going to talk a little True Blood, Death is Not the End. Then we'll we'll break down the Extant Pilot, Reentry, and the Strain Pilot, Night Zero. So first, take it away, Sean. How was True Blood?
2: You know, I was prepared to just be doing this week after week and just talking crap about True Blood because it's True Blood, but this was actually one of those rare moments in its history where it is trying to do something genuine, um, and it lands actually fairly well so there are a bunch of serious sequences in this episode that maybe that they've tried to aim at in the first few episodes of the season and also last season that just didn't work for whatever reason but because this is kind of a culmination of this first group of episodes and now the characters uh, have been reunited to some degree so Eric and Pam have come back um, there was just Actually decent material here, uh, especially regarding Jessica, who has been purposely not feeding because of accidentally uh, killing the three fairy sisters last season. So this I have I probably do have bad things to say about this episode, but I feel like this might be the only time this season where I'll have positive things to say.
1: Well, like we've said before, they have a super talented cast. So when they give them stuff to do, they're going to deliver. And I'm glad to hear that uh, that this was. A good episode, a more interesting one, and certainly one that was aspiring to more. Uh, when 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 True Blood aspires to more, it is when I usually enjoy it the most. Um, so that that's great, and hopefully hopefully they'll turn it around. That be that would be wonderful.
2: It would be yeah. Highlight of the episode, just really quick, is a flashback to the inception of Fantasia. Ginger was actually the person who came up with the name, but then Pam glamoured her and took credit for it herself
1: oh man i that, that makes sense so i buy it and just for the money wise i'd see why pam would do that but uh, I, I always like ginger um let's move on to extant which had its pilot re-entry i was impressed with this one i'll say i don't think it's great but i didn't know what to expect and i i really appreciate some elements of how they built the world here how, how did this work for you
2: uh, that's interesting i don't think that I liked it all that much there wasn't anything that I actively disliked I think uh, the central performance here is good uh, there are good supporting actors who I've seen in other shows who I'm looking forward to see develop in the course of the next few episodes but I don't know I I wasn't really dragged into the drama of the stuff going on in the present day back on earth I was much more interested in seeing uh, everything that had happened in the past. So back when Halle Berry's character was up in space, because I'm a big fan of Moon, Sam Rockwell, and it was very much reminding me of that.
1: Yeah, definitely, especially with the the relationship with the AI. I definitely got vibes of that as well. Um, what I guess I appreciated the most was not even necessarily some of the the, um, the performances of the characters, but it's some of the decisions in the world building. And, uh, and so having... The way that they reveal that the sun is uh, a robot, I thought worked really well and was very subtle. Uh, Just the details of the world make sense to me and feel very natural. They don't feel the need to underline or, you know, like point out and like, hey, look, we do the trash different now, guys. Or, you know, this this, uh, nightlight is all floaty by itself. It just, that's just part of the world. And maybe it's just, I've seen many other shows not do it very well. So maybe that's why I was more impressed by details like that. When the, when they just have a character come out and say, there's no such thing as a soul. And he's one of their main characters. And this is a show on CBS. I gotta say I'm surprised and uh, I'm, I'm happy to hear a character like that make a bold statement. Or what is na- a bold statement now currently. Um, for a character that we're supposed to like and sympathize with and agree with. So, you know, stuff like that. The details like that are what I enjoyed.
2: Yeah, and and certainly in terms of the world building, which to me is probably more important for a genre show than characterization and plot from the get-go, it succeeds. So even more so than something like uh, we were covering just Dominion for the past few weeks, I think that this is a world that I have more questions about and that I'm more interested in so it, it definitely has that going for it at least
1: yeah and again like I said Comic Con and then uh, or getting ready for Comic Con and then I'll be at Comic Con and then I'll be uh, out basically without TV the week after that I doubt I'll be able to keep up with it but this might be something that I just kind of jump back in with later and see you know how it held up and, and what comes next but you know there's stuff here that I like and it's it's not amazing but it's it could have been a lot worse, I guess, is one way to say. It could have been Under the Dome. It doesn't feel like it's going to become Under the Dome. But then again, the under, dome, under the Dome pilot didn't feel like it was Under the Dome either. So, Under the Dome, I guess. I don't know. I've said this <laughs> so many times. Any other thoughts on Extant?
2: Uh, it's Under the Dome.
1: Fair enough. Uh, let's move on to our final show this week in genre, and that's The Strains pilot, Night Zero. I talked about the show last week on the podcast, so people pretty much know my thoughts. What did you think of this episode?
2: Uh, well, obviously I've only seen this first episode and it was fine, I guess. I I read more negative reviews for this and obviously that comes from people who have seen more of it than me. But I thought that Corey Stoll is good here. I like seeing Sean Astin on the screen. Um, it's got kind of an insane quality to it. So it's almost like with the David Bradley character and the nature of the disease, that this to me is like a mix of Helix and Zero Hour, I guess, both of which are not good shows. Actually, both of which are terrible shows, but <laughs> this isn't quite on that level. It just kind of has some of those uh, energies from from those and maybe like some similarities in the plots. So... Um, I don't know I I thought that there were some moments of tension that worked fairly well that were shot well obviously uh, Guillermo del Toro was a part of that a big part of that and unfortunately he won't be around to do the whole thing but yeah I mean it it was kind of cheesy and I don't suspect that it's going to turn into a great uh, genre show over the next few weeks but I think I'm more interested in seeing what happens with this one than I am with Extant
1: that you know I, I I see that um and, uh, I mean, I guess my main takeaway, like I said, talked about last week, is David Bradley's awesome, and I really enjoy his character. Uh, I don't know how much more screen time they could give him, though, without upending the balance. I think he works really well being in, in that um, in that support category or that uh, supporting role. And there's more coming with him that will be fun, that people will, I'm sure, enjoy. The, the stuff with... The kid, uh, Coriol's son in the pilot, uh, I it I enjoyed it in the pilot. I thought it, it was interesting. Uh, it very quickly falls away. Um, to the point where I'm guessing I, I know it'll come back. It's one of those things where you can tell that's what they're building to towards for that's what their finale is going to be. They're going to make it be about the father and the son and all this stuff, but it that's what it seems like they are going to do based on having watched too much television. Um, I would like to be surprised, but, um, on the whole, I just, it's fine. It, it kind of feels that walking dead slot for me where it's genre. I know other people like it, so that's why I'm watching it. Um, but again, I, this would be another one that would be easy for me to cut if I was running late.
2: Yeah. The effects are okay. It's weird. Like, I know FX has American Horror Story, but this just seems a little bit odd for its list of programs, which are mostly prestige dramas. Um, but some of it was appropriately creepy. I thought the the smashing of the head was very gruesome and uh, reminiscent of a certain Game of Thrones episode, which is always nice to remember. Uh, but yeah, yeah, it's like you said, Genre fans will probably flock to it And I'll certainly be Sticking around for a little while
1: Well then what wins your week in genre Sean
2: uh, Honestly probably True Blood And that will be the last time you'll hear that
1: <laughs> Touche I'll give it uh, Hmm. I didn't really I wasn't bowled over by either of these um, But I guess I had higher hopes For The Strain And so it was more disappointing So I'll give it to Extant
2: Yeah, that's entirely FX's fault for being awesome.
1: Yeah, that's what they get for just being the best for most of the time. Um, But with that, we'll take a break and come back with our week in drama. This week in drama, we're going to talk about the bridge premiere, Yankee, and then The Leftovers, Two Boats, and a Helicopter, Rectify, Donald the Normal, and Masters of Sex, season two premiere, Parallax. So first, let's talk a little of the bridge. Again, I talked about this last week. I'm uh, not enthused about what I'm seeing so far in season two um, as much as I do really enjoy the characters. Uh, how did uh, how did this premiere work for you?
2: Uh It was good to be back into the world. This is uh, geographically a place I'm really interested in. Uh, They've done a good job of adapting the series, and the original is fantastic at looking at those kind of dualities. Um, Again, Diane Kruger and Demian Bashir are just fantastic in uh, in both of these roles. Uh, That mostly comes when they're on screen together, though, and there was less of that in this premiere which is fine. I'm really glad that uh, Matthew Lillard and Emily Rios are bumped up to series regulars here. That was totally deserved. Um, But, you know, this is very much a welcome back to the bridge episode. So nothing particularly gripping happens. The new villain who is introduced, she... I don't know. She's not really that engaging. um, And I'm not very optimistic about where they're going to go with her, I guess. But, you know, benefit of the doubt until then. So uh, this is a a show that I look forward to watching. If I had the time, I'd be doing written reviews for this. Um, It's one that I certainly care about to some degree. So um, looking forward to it. And the return of uh, Linder, uh, Thomas M. Wright. So, yeah.
1: We'll see how I feel about him when when he gets back. I'm not a big... Uh, Linder fan. I am a Wright fan from uh, Top of the Lake, but I am not a Linder fan. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm very happy to be spending more time with Matthew Lillard and Emily Rios. They're so much fun together. I think they're really good in these two. The first episode, and then the episode we'll talk about next week as well. And um, yeah, I, I also, I'm not big on the new villain or whatever she's gonna supposed to be. Uh, I know, I, th- I feel like that's a common thread in the reviews I'm reading. The people who like the villain seemed to be much more positive on the season. Um, or the, you know, the people who don't have a problem with that or are more interested, I guess, in that character uh, tend to be more positive than I am. But um, I'm hoping that they know something I don't because many of them have seen more episodes than I have. So that's kind of where I'm at with the bridge. Let's move on to The Leftovers, Two Boats and a Helicopter. And this is the Christopher Eccleston episode I've been talking about for a while. I really liked it i thought it was very well done and very interesting but i know that that is not a thought held by everyone what did what did you think
2: um okay this is certainly the most engaging of the three episodes of the leftovers so far um but okay christopher ecklen's performance is fantastic and you'll now have me on record saying that he's my favorite doctor i've not seen all of doctor who unfortunately but of the ones that I have seen I enjoy him the most and he's great in this role it just feels like this episode was a little bit emotionally manipulative and probably a little bit is giving it more credit than it deserves there so it was verging on places that I was uncomfortable with um, the story was very heartfelt in many places uh, I like that character I like the situation around that character. The same thing I would say about Justin Thoreau's character. Once we got to know all the details around that. So this world is populated by people that I'm interested in. It's just not there yet. I don't know. There's got to be something on the other end of all of the misery that like really gets me engaged more, I guess.
1: Yeah. And I don't have an answer for that. um, Cause I, I I see what you're saying. I, I totally see what you're saying. Um, it's not bothering me right now. And that's, I guess all I can say because, uh, I, I liked this episode. That was really good. And I, I'm not sure what the show has to say about hope and, uh, higher powers and all of that. Why give this guy, this money, the universe, uh, to knock him out and have him get to, you know, have, have his church taken away. Um, So it made, but it's making me think and it's making me ponder these things. And what is, you know, now he's got a giant stack of cash. What is he going to do with that? And is that going to shape anything? Is he going to just bury it? Should he, is it, was that a punishment for him having hurt the guy? You know, like why? It's making me think about all this and the morality of the show and what kind of psychological, or moral quandaries that that character is finding himself in. And as far as I'm concerned, that's, that's enough for me, but I completely understand if it's not for other people or if the misery of the world is getting to be too much.
2: And, you know, I have to absolutely give it credit for being an interesting failure. If that's what it ends up being is a failure. That's way better than playing it safe and not being, um, unique in any way, so I I would much rather finish The Leftovers having thought, oh, wow, that was really interesting in many ways, it just wasn't my thing, um, than to have it, well, I quite like True Detective, but that was a show that didn't necessarily take a whole lot of chances, and I feel like Leftovers is doing that, at least.
1: Well, speaking of taking chances or surprising us, let's uh, go over to Rectify and Donald the Normal. I was not surprised to find this a beautiful and, and, again, another really amazing episode. I, it made me cry. I'm guessing it's made you cry. Uh, cause oh. damn, uh, but I was surprised to meet the people that we do. And then I was surprised that I was surprised cause it makes sense. Um, but just the handling of, you know, all the different people that, that Daniel interacts with, in in the episode I thought was great and also the um, you know the what we get with the what we get with Ted Jr and the very stark reminder of the violence that Daniel is capable of currently because it's only been a couple weeks um, at the same time so underlining his his gentleness at while at the same time reminding viewers starkly of his assault of Teddy uh, Jr I think It was a very distinct choice and one that I'm glad that they made.
2: Yeah, that violence comes out in a really unusual way at the end of the episode as he's tearing apart the kitchen. Um, The way that that was shot and the sound design that came with it was really upsetting because it was a lot of almost Hannibal-esque percussion and it just made you feel (laughs) really on edge and... That was very effective again like you said at reminding viewers what daniel is capable of even if it's not totally on the surface even if he's not being um violent in the strictest sense but yeah that that scene where daniel goes to see kerwin's family is just ridiculous as soon as the mother asks if she can hug him, and this, I just lost it. I lost it, Kate.
1: Uh, yeah, I just the, for me it wasn't that moment. It was what came later. Their conversation. I just it's one of those things where you just kind of realize you're crying. You don't really know when it started, but yeah. just like you're know, not like sobbing or anything. Not like super emotional, but just it was incredibly affecting. And the, the performances and I don't have the names in front of me, unfortunately. Technology. Um, but the performances from, from those family members, uh, I, I've seen the, I'm assuming brother, I've seen that actor before quite a bit, but I don't know that I'm sure I know that the mother character, the, the actress, but I don't, you know, nothing's coming to mind off the top of my head. Um, but they were both tremendous and watching, I mean, Aiden Young is so damn good to watching them all interact. It was truly beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful and beautifully simple television, and that does not happen easily.
2: It really, really doesn't. You know, this, of course, being on Sundance, its closest comparison is uh, Art House Cinema, and even then, like, this is, it just stands out in such a wonderful way, and the fact that they can pull off these kinds of sequences several times each season, uh, there's been at least... I think three off the top of my head that I can think of from this season alone that have just had this kind of emotional impact. It's, it's unheard of, you know, and it it makes rectify one of those necessary television series to be watching. Like, uh, we mentioned the Emmys at the the top of the hour, and this obviously was not nominated for drama series, but this is easily one of the six best drama series on television.
1: Yeah. And there you go. I mean, it's, it's, it's a tremendous show. Um, yeah, people should be watching it, and I know some of you out there are, um, and I know a lot of people don't get Sundance, but everyone should be watching this show. It's truly an accomplishment. Um, yeah, that's all I have. I don't have anything else. I just, I'm just, i just going to keep glowing. So uh, shall we move on to the Masters of Sex premiere? Let's do it. Now, Masters of Sex was a show that I really enjoyed last season. Uh, there were some elements that uh, I had problems with in substantial ways. Uh, But those elements are greatly reduced in this episode, namely Ethan. Um, I I thought it was a good premiere, uh, and I'm very glad to be back in the world of this show. What did you think of season one, and how did you think season two followed on, or lived up to, or bested, or maybe disappointed you?
2: Thank you. I don't know if I didn't read enough, or if I didn't talk to enough people, but I just did not like Ethan at all, and it didn't seem to be something that Anybody else was like actively bothered by, and they should have been because that's a really boring character. Um, yeah, the first season of Masters of Sex, I think a lot like uh, Broadchurch and the Americans and Orphan Black, was uh, a season of television that critics tended to like just a little bit more than me. Um, certainly, really interesting in terms of the material, and the central performances are fantastic, the supporting performances are fantastic. And the best of what I liked about season one is here. And the worst of it is not. I was really impressed with, uh, with this season premiere. And because obviously by process of elimination, this is the other episode that made me cry. Uh, Burton and Margaret's, uh, sex scene was just brutal. And it started out so wonderfully, uh, optimistic and, really beautiful, and then it, it just disintegrated, and you, the series has done such a good job of presenting both sides of that equation, and they, it's just at an impasse, and it's heartbreaking.
1: That's absolutely true. Both actors are on their A-games, like they always are, but particularly this, this episode was... It was at times difficult to watch uh, while being so very well realized. But, you know, when when he's recovering from shock therapy, I mean, it's, it's brutal.
2: Yeah. And just remind me, did we get the sex scene that we see between uh, Virginia and Bill uh, after he's come to visit her at her house? This is all new right all these flashbacks or did we actually see that scene at the end of last year
1: we did not see them last year
2: okay so that I mean I'm sure many people are going to have problems with these two characters being intimately tied like this uh, I think that that was probably a lot of the good material from last year had to do with um, them not having a, a romantic or physical components that wasn't strictly related to the, the study. And so I, I am not particularly worried about that. Uh, I think that none of that has hampered the chemistry that they've had on screen, um, both the actors and the characters. So I I'm completely fine with that aspect.
1: I think there's a lot to like here. And it also seems, uh, it seems like they do some really good adjusting adjusting from last season. So, uh, Ethan's gone and doesn't come back in this premiere the just the the little adjustments of who's gone who's back all of that uh they all point to the show moving in more interesting ways as far as i'm concerned and that is a good thing so i mean like when we get the um oh my goodness i can't remember her name everybody's favorite horror from the beginning of uh, last season when she comes back. And I knew the actress was going to be back. She was phenomenal in season one, but I was just so glad to see both her and Greg Renberg pop back up. And I mean, adding Danny Houston to the cast is always going to be a good thing.
2: Yeah, this is a really, really deep bench. And as kind of poor overall, actually probably worse than poor uh, as the red road was, Julian Nicholson was easily the best part of that. And like, she is superb in this in a very different role. And I think that that experience has really lended itself well. And I I'm assuming that as whatever the plans for Masters of Sex is in the long term that she won't be with us the whole time because of her condition. But she her scene with Virginia where they're just having drinks is very, very good.
1: Certainly. And uh I, the one the one person I am sad to see go of this main cast is Anne Dowd as master's mother uh, but you know she's busy with the leftovers and apparently everything she's been on everything recently uh but other than that these are these are good adjustments and uh these are very interesting topics of conversation that I'm glad to see portrayed in such a such an intriguing way
2: yeah yeah so i i'll be reading um Thomas Mayer's book Masters of Sex along with this season uh, I'm only a few pages into it so I don't really have much more insight I could add but hopefully I'll be able to do that as the season progresses
1: what are you most looking forward to and most dreading about this season
2: what I'm most looking forward to I'm a big fan of the Libby character and I don't know if it's because I feel Bad for some of the criticism that she's received in the same way, in almost the exact same way um, as as Betty Draper did at the beginning of Mad Men and throughout Mad Men's history. I, I enjoy that actress. I think she's doing a great job. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing more of her. And what I'm dreading, and this is going to sound probably blasphemous to a lot of people, I really like Lizzie Kaplan as an actress. I think that. She's great. We did Party Down on one of the uh, DVD shelves not too long ago, and she was fantastic in that. I don't feel like this is the role that she was born for, and so I don't necessarily think that she is adding something particularly unique to Virginia Johnson that's not inherent in Virginia Johnson as written by Michelle Ashford. So I'm dreading, or I'm worried, I should say, that I'll continue to be somewhat lukewarm on that as compared to Michael Sheen's performance uh, and to Allison Janney, uh, who are doing roles or performances that I think are really, really nuanced compared to some of the stuff that I've seen them in before.
1: Well, that's just blasphemy. Just know that. Because <laughs> Lizzie Kaplan, I was I was about to say, before we finished talking about The Masters of Sex, I had to talk about and uh, mention just how wonderful both she and Michael Sheen are in this episode. They're tremendous, and uh, I think I think she's fantastic as, as uh, Ginny. I can't really imagine somebody else playing that character. Uh, I'm sure they probably could, uh, but it's hard for me to picture anybody else in the role, and so it's hard for me to know how much of what I think of as being Ginny is performance and how much of it is script. Uh, maybe I'll have to think about that as I watch more of the episodes of the season, but... Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not with you on that one.
2: <laughs> well, we're going to have to disagree on some things, right?
1: Yeah, so it makes things more interesting. Um, but with that in mind, what is your what wins the week in drama for you?
2: This is so difficult because The Leftovers had its best episode, but Rectify and Masters of Sex were both fantastic. Um, I think by virtue of surprising me by how good it was, I'll give it to Masters of Sex.
1: I mean, this is not even close for me. I really did like the Message of Sex premiere, but I mean, definitely Rectify, uh, as far as I'm concerned. Just uh, I'm back. To, I'm glad to be back watching it week to week. But we'll have to see if I can keep it up when uh, when I'm at Comic Con and on vacation. I'm hopeful. You know, if I have to cut away other shows, I will, and I'll keep watching Rectify. But uh, uh, that is going to be tricky over the next couple of weeks. The podcast should. Continue to go up as uh, as normal on Tuesdays, um, or Tuesday nights, more accurately. But uh, you know, a little patience if it's if it's you know about eleven fifty nine p.m. on a Tuesday for these next couple of weeks. Um, I- If you're going to be at Comic-Con, I've already said it, but uh, come to the meetup on Thursday night. We'll plug it one more time next week, and uh, I'm I'm looking forward to a lot of fun there. We're going to have our Comic-Con preview next, but before we do that, a few show notes. You can find a post-up for this episode at soundonsite.org, where you can leave us a comment and let us know uh, what what you were watching this week and what you think we should check out. Legend of Korra, we got another uh, plug for Utopia as well uh, today. I, I really need to make time for that. You've watched it by now?
2: I've watched it a couple of times, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's it's that good, isn't it?
2: It's very stylistic, and I think that you'll like a lot of it.
1: Yeah, well, I look forward to hopefully having time to do that. Um, but let us know what else I should catch up with, and Sean as well. Uh, you can also like us on Facebook to follow The goings on at Sounded TV, and you can, of course, email us, theteleverse at gmail.com. Uh, you can also find us both on Twitter. I'm at theteleverse, and Sean, you are?
2: At Sean Coletti.
1: And where else can we find your work online?
2: Aside from soundonsite.org, you can find me at tvormind.com.
1: And you can find me uh, at Sound of course, as well as at the AV Club, reviewing Blackadder and Spartacus Season 1 this summer. Having so much fun with those. Uh, Sean, what is our question of the week?
2: Uh, Question of the week. As I mentioned, I'll be reading Thomas Mayer's book over these next few weeks. Well, probably a lot sooner than that. Um, But just out of interest, what is everybody else reading right now, if anything?
1: Oh, man, I'm still behind on TV. I'm not reading anything. Though I did just get the Adventure Time Encyclopedia uh, as a birthday gift for my sister. So I will need to probably bust that out maybe during one of the lines over at Comic-Con this weekend. Uh, Because I remember the panel for that uh, from Comic-Con last year, and it was an absolute blast. So maybe that's what I'll be reading next.
2: That's a very good birthday gift.
1: Yeah, she she's she's good she's she's the best at gifts. I'm terrible at gifts. I never know what to get people, but she always yeah, you know, I just poke her and she tells me, and then I get that and then, then I look good. It works out
2: <laughs> that's a good relationship, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's super handy. Well, And I look forward to you all getting to internet or podcast and meet my sister right after this. So we'll take a break and come back with my sister, Maggie, to talk about uh, Comic-Con 2014 and all the various TV panels that will be happening over the course of Comic-Con. So we'll be right back after this.
0: It's the most wonderful time of the year.
1: We're back with the Televerse. This is Kate Kalzik and this year we're doing something different for the Comic-Con preview. I'm glad to uh, say that I will not be at Comic-Con alone this year, as well as there being several other contributors to Sound on Site who will be in attendance, who I'm excited to meet. Uh, and, of course, Sean will be joining myself at the uh, Battleship Retention Warner Archive and Criterion Cast Meetup, and that's on Thursday night. We'll talk more about that later. My sister will be joining me at Comic-Con, and I'm very happy to introduce to everybody my sister Maggie. Hi, Maggie. Welcome to the podcast. Hello. How are you? I, I'm doing pretty well here. And uh, so we thought we would uh, change up the, the preview this year and actually have two people who are going to be there do the preview as opposed to one person who's going to be there and one person who isn't. So uh, we're going to go through night by night and talk about all the different TV-related panels uh, that are going on at at, at uh, Comic-Con. Now, Maggie, I will be attending the entire festivities uh, when which days are you attending? Yeah, Thursday
3: and Sunday. So it'll be a, sort of a different experience. This is now my third year going, and for you, uh, this is my first time. Super stoked to do this. So yeah, it's gonna be fun.
1: Okay, well, on Wednesday night, which is preview night, which you will not be attending, but I will. There are two things that that happen. One is the floor is open, so if you want, any people want to go purchase. Uh, things from, you know, different dealers that they can do that, or you can see the different displays that are being, you know, in the process of being assembled by the different people, which is, you know, it's also nice because there's fewer people there, and so you don't feel like you're going to be trampled. Um, But that's Wednesday night, and the other thing that happens is preview night in Ballroom 20, which you will become acquainted with during your time at, at Comic-Con this year. But uh, that's where the Warner Brothers Television brings a handful of pilots to to air. So this year they're bringing the Flash pilot, Constantine, iZombie, and they're also going to air uh, an episode or two of Teen Titans Go. Now, uh, of course, I talk about TV way too much every week. You are a TV fan, but are you familiar with uh, the these pilots that are coming up this year, the Flash, Constantine, and iZombie?
3: Well, the Flash is that superhero, correct? I mean, that's yes. that's pretty much all I know about that. Yeah,
1: it's a new going to be a new show on the CW. It is a spinoff of Arrow, and they did a backdoor pilot, kind of two episode thing last last season on Arrow, introducing the character and the actor and all of that. And the the episodes were very well received. I enjoyed them. I don't usually watch Arrow, but I enjoyed them, and I certainly enjoyed the the actor who will be playing Barry Allen in the show. Also, the pilot's one of the most buzzed about for the coming year. So it's pretty cool that they're going to screen it, um, at, at Comic-Con. Last year, the offerings were less, um, less enthusiastic for myself and the year before as well. I was kind of underwhelmed last year by the pilots, but there's that one also. Are you familiar with Constantine at all? It's another comic book figure. Nope. Well, Constantine is going to be a, <laughs> a, a super serious here and uh, the Comic-Con preview. Uh, Constantine is a show that's going to be airing after Grimm uh, on, on NBC this fall on Fridays. And it's uh, I'm hearing that it's sort of NBC's answer to Sleepy Hollow. So if it goes for kind of crazy and ridiculous, that could be a lot of fun. But it's based on the comic book character. There was a movie, that movie with Keanu Reeves, Angels and Nope. Not ringing a bell. Fair enough. Anyway, so this is going to be a reboot of the character and the... um... And the world and all of that. So that should be interesting to see, you know, kind of how that goes, whether or not that's going to be worthwhile checking out. And iZombie is going to be a mid-season show for The CW about a 25-year-old medical student who becomes a zombie and then starts working for the city morgue instead of going to be a doctor because then she can eat the brains of the people that they bring in. But when she eats the brains, sort of like in warm bodies, she gets their memories. And so then, guess what it's going to be? case of the week who killed each person and she gets their memories by eating their brains and then has to decide wants to try to figure out how they died
3: the question is how she eats the brains if I haven't mentioned
1: this my sister is a fanable
3: <laughs> yes yeah, so how does she eat the brains? With what's the appropriate yes. par- pairing for brains? Yes, indeed. That that will be the, the distinction. <laughs> so that's a mid-season show. We'll see. Yeah,
1: I've been underwhelmed by the CW offerings in the past, but I'm very excited about The Flash. I know there are a lot of fans of Teen Titans Go as well. I've not seen any of that one. But uh, if I do go to that part of the preview, I will have to report back, because I know that we have some animation fans listening who are probably yelling at their podcatching devices that i should make a little time for some superhero animation in my life but that those are the previews so which of those sound the most promising to you which if you were going on wednesday would you want to go to, to preview night or would you rather walk the floor
3: um you know i guess it depends um i'm looking forward to getting some adventure time merchandise so and stuff like that so but i, I might check out the 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 previews, but I'm also excited to get some some stuff.
1: So yeah, so to maybe take advantage of fewer people on the floor, perhaps. And of course, you can come and go. At, at you don't have to. You know, it's not like you walk into the pilots and then they, they lock you in. They lock you in. They uh, and and chain the doors. and one of the things I would want specifically note because I uh, the first year I went to Comic Con, I was going to preview night and I waited in line to get in, and that was very foolish, uh, because there were there were hundreds to thousands of open seats um, in Ballroom 20 because it is a very large room. and It is the second largest room at Comic-Con. They have lots of enormous screens airing it, so it doesn't really matter if you're in the back because there's going to be a giant screen close to you. You don't need to wait in line to get into Ballroom 20 for this, guys. So if you want to do that because you like lines and you want to get a jump start on what the Comic-Con's going to feel like, go for it. Uh, but you can, you'll can, you be able to just waltz into that, just stroll in Um and I, I wish somebody had told me that my first year because I could have been, you know, doing something else with that three hours Waltz of my time. Ballroom. Waltz into the ballroom. Waltz into the ballroom. Okay. Anyways, let's move on to Thursday. So going through Thursday, we're kicking things off at 10 a.m. Uh, with the 24 panel, which is going to be in ballroom 20. Uh, Kiefer Sutherland Southern's coming for that, and uh, the, I'm sure they'll talk about, a bunch about Live Another Day, seeing as that will have just ended. Also at 10.30, we have Legends of TV Land in the Indigo Ballroom, and uh,
3: Miss Betty White is going to be... Uh, uh, oh. Centering that one. Oh, nice Very nice
1: That could be fun uh, Then we have Taming the Web The Nuts and Bolts of Web Series Creation In Room 24 ABC um, That's also 1030 And another 1030 panel Behind the Music Crime, Death, and Resurrection That's in Room 4 And uh, Mr. Brian Reitzel Composer of Hannibal Hmm is one of the panelists there. There are several other uh, notable co- composers as well for that one. <laughs> I
3: love your work.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah there, there might be some of that. I'm we'll, your number
3: one fan.
1: Um, we have uh, at 1030 The Legacy and Return of Battlestar Galactica in room 6 BCF, Ooh. and that takes us to 11. So, Maggie, take it away.
3: Okay, from 1115 to 12 p.m., we have Under the Dome panel and exclusive sneak preview in Ballroom 20. From 11.15 to 12.15 p.m., Toy Story That Time Forgot in Room 6A. And if you like Toy Story and you have a pulse, then you probably (laughs) enjoy that. 11.30 uh, to 12.30 p.m., Dig a USA Network Event Series in the Indigo Ballroom from 12 to 1, The Smitten Word in the Horton Grant Theater. 12 to 1 p.m., When Steampunk and Pop Culture Collide, room 29A. At 12.05 to one ten p.m., Scorpion, World Premiere Screening and Panel, ballroom 20. Okay, and 12.30 to one thirty p.m., TNT's Legends, Screening and Panel, in room 6A, 12.45 to 1.45 p.m., behind the scenes of science fiction in movies and on TV, in room 6DE. Next up we have I Know That Voice, Insights from the Cutting Room Floor,
1: that's in room 25ABC. Yeah, that's going to be a look at the documentary of the same title, from uh, that premiered last year at comic-con so it'll be the voice actors which means it will be fun voice actor voice actors on a panel equals good times as hopefully you will get to experience this year maggie um then at 1 15 we have the rain panel an exclusive sneak pre- preview in ballroom 20 1 to 3 we have Keen and peel and introducing moonbeam city in the indigo ballroom we're key and peel fans yes
3: yes indeed
1: that should, i'm sure that'll be a lot of fun then at one forty five we have The Last Ship, Season 1 panel in Room 6A. 2 to 3, Wander Over Yonder in uh, Room 25 ABC. And also at the same time, Beyond Clichés, Creating creating Awesome Female Characters for Film, uh, Television, and I'm guessing also Comics there. Room 28 DE, 2.15, Greendale Forever, TV Guide Magazine's Tribute to Community, Ballroom 20. 2.30 to 3.30, Meet the Flintstones, Meet George Jensen, Hanna-Barbera Beginnings, tw- Room 24 ABC. And uh, then, yes, yeah, so that takes us to 3
3: three to four we have outlander with author diana gabaldon yeah that's the best i could do gabaldon uh in the horton horton grand room from three to four the second annual musical anatomy of a superhero bringing a comic book to life in the indigo ballroom ballroom uh what's that
1: Last year, what it was, was they uh, had composers for uh, genre-related, superhero-related movies and television on, and they talked about how they composed for various projects. So like last year, for example, Bear McCreary was on the panel, and he talked about his, his uh, theme for S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, Marvelous Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So the difference, like, they broke down a scene from Wolverine, and talked about the music there, and how the choice of using the harmonica or these different instruments for it. So that's what it was last year. I would imagine it'll be very similar this year.
3: Okay, that's cool. All right, and then from 3 to 4, The Writer's Journey, Breaking into Comic Book and Hollywood Script Writing. From 3 in room 32 AB. 3.30 to 4.30, Team Wolf in ballroom 20. 4 to 5, George R.R. Martin discusses in The House of the Worm, in the Indigo Ballroom. And 4 to 5, Star Trek at 50, from The Cage to today, room 23 ABC. Um, now, is that a original or TGN? The Cage is, of course, the pilot of the, the original pilot for the series. And uh, so they're saying from then, from the pilot till now. Okay. All right. Cool. 4 to 5, Viz Media 7 and room 7 AB, from 4.30 to 5.30, anime programming in the U.S., room 26 AB, 430 to 530, Thunderbirds at 50, room 8, and our favorite, 445 to 545, Hannibal, Embrace the Madness, room, uh, excuse me, Ballroom 20. Maggie, that, that's a priority for you this year, yes? That's my number one.
1: And, uh, we'll see what happens. I would, I really am hoping that I'll be in there, but, uh, I will be leaving the the vicinity to go do some press stuff, so hopefully I'll be able to get back in time. Anyways, moving on. We have at 5 o'clock the Costume Designers Guild Costumes as a Career panel in Room 23 ABC. Also at 5 Breaking Barriers, Transgender Trends in Popular Culture, Room 28 DE. 5:30, we have the Funimation Industry Panel in room 24 ABC, also the same time. Cartoon Hangover, B and Puppy Cat and Friends, room 6A. Um, then at 5:45, Witches of East End, room 6DE. 6 o'clock, you have Showtime's Penny Dreadful in ballroom 20, also the same time in hall H. Batman 66, that would be the original series. Um, at 6 o'clock as well, Children's Hospital special video presentation and Q&A and Children's Hospital is awesome I don't know if you had a chance to see it yet but uh, you should check that out, Um, that's room 25 ABC again, also at 6 the LGBT Geek Year in Review that's room 28 DE also at 6, there's so much overlap at 6 the Heroes of Star Wars Rebels, room 6 BCF 630 Firefly Online Bringing Back the Verse, room 24 ABC
3: now what's
1: that about? that will be, uh, I think, talking about fan engagement with um with firefly and the fan community and and maybe i'm guessing there's probably also gaming
3: well cuz originally they were planning on doing a trilogy right oh no it's not going to be about no no, no. no? there's no, no... No, that's not There's happening. There's a signal out there. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, if only, if only. Um, we have at 645, Bad Hat Harry and Geek and Sundry gets spooked again, and that's in room 6A. All
3: right, at 7, Scratch Lightning Strikes, room 28 DE. Also at 7, Inside the Voice Actors Studio, room 30 CDE. Again at 7, Robotech Industries Panel, room 6 DE. At 7.15 to, uh, 715 to 8.15, Sharknado 2, the second one. <laughs> Which is like the best title, right? That's pretty, yes, yes. Because do you need more than that, really. Um, it speaks for itself. Room 6 BCF, 7.30 Star Blazers, 2199. Room 24 ABC. At 8, The Psychology of Cult TV Shows, room 23ABC. Also at 8, Tournament of Nerds, room 5AB. Okay, from 8 to 10.30 p.m., Rick Myers Superhero Kung Fu Extravaganza, in room 6A. 8.30, we have Star Trek Ships of the Line, room 4. Room 4. Uh, what's that?
1: That's going to be the look at the different ships over the course of history uh, of Star Trek. So comparing various um, uh, ships from the series, and I would assume also from the uh, the movies.
3: That'd probably be interesting to see how they've changed and if the evolution in technology has influenced the the design of the ships at all. I would met. Okay. Ooh. Okay. At eight thirty to ten, Doctor Horrible's sing along blog. Oh. Sing along, blog, sing along, uh, room six BCF. At nine, we have Cartoon Network, Adventure Time. Come on, tell your friends. Royal ball in room seven AB. So now, what we're gonna do? I'm gonna make you. What I'm gonna make you do is imagine. Assuming one could teleport,
1: so in this scenario, we are Nightcrawler. You don't have to, You don't have to worry about lines. But, uh, and you're only interested in going to TV panels. No movies, no animation, no comics, no, you know, fandom, no education. What are, you know, build your day. So what, you're looking at the various panels that are going on, what would be your, what would be your day, Meg?
3: Can I have some overlap? No. Well, the what? is. Gotta make the hard call. Oh. I would start with The Legacy and Return of Battlestar Galactica because I really enjoy that series. Um, So I would start with that, and I would like to see the Toy Story, but that starts 15 minutes or so beforehand. So you're
1: going to go late to Toy
3: Story. I could go late to Toy Story. Okay. That time forgot. Okay. After that, that I would probably go to I Know That Voice, Insights from the Cutting Room Floor, and then I, I might either leave early or go late to Key and Peel after that. Oh, then I would either leave early or go late to Beyond Clichés, creating awesome female characters for film and television. Next, I would go to perhaps the annual musical, Anatomy of a Superhero, bringing... comic book to life uh following that i would want to go to the star trek at 50 leave early oh my gosh i'd have to leave early of course to go to get a super awesome seat at hannibal then i'd probably take a little bit of a coffee break and then go to the firefly panel okay which leaves me finally with with the psychology of cult tv shows and then finally the cartoon network adventure time royal ball
1: so you got a full day. You're That'd like be a full
3: day, back
1: to back to back. To... Obviously that's not how Comic-Con actually works.
3: No, but but if,
1: you know, those are the ones that stand out to you. Those are yeah. the most interesting for you. I okay. Think I
3: would like that. Yes. When
1: I when I glance through the ones that really that strike me, obviously I I like all the music ones as our listeners would know. I feel like Betty White's going to be she's going to, you know, have a good panel. So maybe maybe, you know, either one either of those at the start. So I, I'm going to give it to Betty White, I think to To kick things off then uh then next one that stands out uh probably um the i know that voice cutting room floor or key and peel like you said they overlap so i'd have to make a call there uh then go over for um you know next one that really stands out maybe outlander but probably more accurately just start getting in line get ready for hannibal see if I hope I hope I can get into Hannibal then uh, go over and of course if you can't get into Hannibal then probably I'd go over and uh, check out the Breaking Barriers Transgender Trends uh, in Popular Culture then definitely gotta do Children's Hospital I Love Me My Children's Hospital and uh, round out the day with psychology of cult TV shows and Cartoon Network but the thing that's not on here is of course the Battleship Pretension Warner Archive and Criterion Cast meet up 8 o'clock at Dublin Square Pub on 4th Street which is where we will be hanging out on on Thursday evening. Or at least, at the the very least, I will be there. Sean will be there. Maggie might have to cut out and go to the Adventure Time Memorial Ball. And I do not fault you for that because it looks awesome.
3: Yeah, you know, tough calls will have to be made, so...
1: That is that is how we roll at comic-con that's that's part of the that's part of what comes with okay next up is friday we're gonna again kick things off at 10 a.m we have inside the big bang theories writer's room that's in ballroom 20 then also at 10 cartoon network uncle grandpa and clarence in the indigo ballroom uh also at 10 viz animation featuring neon alley and that's room 25 abc the black panel is also at 10 a.m uh room 5 ab I i wanted to check that out last year but i wasn't able to um, then 10.15, Animation Show of Shows in Hall H. 10.30, Writing for TV, the From First Draft to Getting Staffed in Room 24, ABC. And that takes us to 11, and I know one of your favorite shows right now.
3: Yes. Uh, at 11, we have Cartoon Network Adventure Time in the Indigo Ballroom, which just is unfortunate because I won't be there. Oh, well. At 11, we also have Teen Wolf Fan Works Discussion, Room 29A. 11.15, Nickelodeon, Legend of Korra, Book 3, Ballroom 20, at 11.30, the Zombie Pilot Screening and Q&A, in Room 6BCF, oh, this looks like a fun one, too, 11.45, My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic, Room 6A, I really enjoyed their musical episode, I haven't seen it too much beside that, but it was, yeah, it was, yeah, it was, good. it was surprisingly accessible to me. All right. At 12, The Art of Babylon 5, room 23 ABC. 1215, we have Adult Swim, The Venture Brothers in the Indigo Room. 1220, AMC's The Walking Dead, uh, Hall H. And then at 1230, Bones, uh, Ballroom 20. 1230 as well, Resurrection, Room 6DE. And then up next, continuing the, you know, seriously, on Friday, uh, Indigo
1: Ballroom is, like, the place to be. It's super fun and uh, creative uh, because, Adventure, uh, because Adult Swim continues at 1 o'clock with the Triumph and McBrayer panels. So Triumph, the insult Comic Dog, and Jack McBrayer. Oh, okay, nice are getting a show, yeah, and that's going to be in the Indigo Ballroom then also at 1 o'clock, another animated show I think you would like, if you've not seen, which is called Gravity Falls, and that's room 6A 130, Game Your Brain to Superhero Status, which sounds like an interesting panel, room 24ABC One thirty, Wayward Pines world premiere screening of episode one and Q and A with some of the creatives involved. There, that's room five A B. Then at one forty, the Game of Thrones panel and Q and A in hall H. One forty five, Entertainment Weekly, Brave New Warriors in uh, ballroom twenty. And then at one forty five, more Adult Swim fun in, in the Indigo Ballroom. This time, it's Rick and Morty.
3: At two, the character of music room 32ab at 215 outlander room 6a 230 to 315 adult swim mike tyson mysteries the indigo ballroom three to four marvel television presents ballroom 20
1: that'll be like shield marvel legends of shield and some of their other that'll be that'll be good then i know they're previewing just we didn't be there
3: I, I don't know. But <laughs> so they will be reviewing... How, uh, Insert creepy stalker voice.
1: <laughs> they, they will be previewing uh, the new Agent Carter show, though, I believe, as well. Okay. So there'll be some other stuff, too. All
3: right, at 315 to 4, Adult Swim Robot Chicken in the Indigo Ballroom. 315 to 415, uh, the 100 special video presentation and Q&A. Room 6, BCF. Three thirty to five thirty, exclusive sneak peek screening of Showrunner's documentary film at the Horton Grand Theater. Three thirty, A and E Bates Motel. Ooh, spooky. Um, hmm. no. Oh. <laughs> oh.
1: I'm not Hello. good on Bates Motel.
3: I only watch. Wah, pilot wah. It.
1: Not a big fan. but that's gonna for those who are. Spooky, how
3: bad it is? <laughs> no, it's not
1: bad. It's just you know. <laughs> We, we had the I had issues with the pilot if okay. who've been listening for a while we will be aware of them
3: implied insult received okay so that's in room 6A okay.
1: Well, I'm going to take the mic away before you get me into more trouble, and say at four o'clock we have Bob's Burgers in the Indigo Ballroom. More animation fun over there. Then at four fifteen, the the original special video presentation and Q and A in Ballroom Twenty. Four thirty is the Falling Sky season four panel in six B C F. Uh, and uh, four forty five is History's Vikings Blood Legacy panel six A. Then at five, more, seriously, Indigo Ballroom, right? Archer screening. I love And Q&A, yeah. And then we have at 5, We Are Husbands and You Can Too, of course, about uh, the web series Husbands with Jane Espenson. And I I cannot remember the name of the co-creator, and I feel bad about that. But that's a web series, you know, some people are are fans of. And that's Room uh, 23 ABC. Then we have The Greatest Geek Movies and TV Never Made in Room 7 AB. The Arrow Special Video Presentation in Q&A in Ballroom 20, Brickleberry, Room 24 ABC, Dominion, Room 6D. And this one's bumming me out because I'm not going to be able to get to this one, I don't think. And that's Sleepy Hollow room six BCF. I feel like that would be a really fun panel at Comic Con. I feel like the can- Comic Con crowd will be kind to Sleepy Hollow, but I'm gonna give you the next one, which I know you would also love to see.
3: Oh, oh, and I'm missing this. Okay, all right, guys. Six Orphan Black, room six A. All right. Also at six, the science of science fiction. Ooh, that sounds interesting. Yeah, room, that's a good panel. Yeah, room seven A B. Uh, 6.15 to 7.15, aww, Adventure Time, a totally algebraic dramatic reading in the Horton Grand Theater, that really sucks, man,
1: next year, next year, year. okay, Okay.
3: all right, at 7 to 9, world premiere of Batman, Assault on Arkham, Ballroom 20, 7 to 8, The Unexplained Files, Room 7AB, 7 to 845, oh, just kidding. Okay, 7.15, Banshee, room 6A. 7.30, Nobility on Earth, meet the crew of the Starship Nobility, room 5AB. Then we're rounding things out at 8 o'clock with How to Write a TV Pilot, room
1: 23ABC. Also at 8, Space Command, Bold Adventures in the Far Reaches of Outer Space. Uh, I feel like that's how you have to say that title.
3: I was reaching my handout in a... Exploratory, like,
1: gesture. Yeah. (laughs) Room 25 ABC. Also at 8, Star Trek, the State of the Franchise Fan Forum. uh, Room 20 DE, Intruders. Room 7AB, that's the new BBC America show. Then we have uh, Klingon Lifestyles. Room 6A at 830. Yep. Uh, 830 for those podcast fans out there. The Thrilling Adventure Hour in room 8. At 9, we have the Aquabats. Super show. The saga continues. Room 25 ABC. Then from 9 to 10, Cartoon Network. A Lot of Funny featuring... Clarence, Uncle Grandpa, Steven Universe, and Gumball, and I believe they're going to be airing episodes of those. So that's and an, maybe a nice fun way to you know wind down the evening for those fans of those series. But that's going to be in room seven A B. So now let's take a just a look at the day as a whole. Imagine that you are you know you, again we're teleporting between rooms. We're not worrying about lines. Um, what what would your Friday be?
3: Well, now you're just being cruel because you know I can't go to Friday. Friday. You know. But,
1: okay, but we're
3: imagining that you can. So, you know, let's have, have some uh, fun with that. What are we doing? Okay. So, my first big adventure time at 11, followed by, hmm, I think perhaps a late entrance to My Little Pony. Okay. Okay, because I, I haven't seen a lot of it, but I like what I've seen. After that, I would skip down to Game of Thrones. Um, and, oh, is, um, Peter Dinklage going to be there? I don't know. Oh, he's so cool. Okay. Alright, after that, I would enjoy... Oh, Bob's Burgers. No, okay, I go to the Marvel Television Presents, and then I will go to Bob's Burgers. Uh, following that, I would enjoy... Out of the greatest geek movies and TV never made. sound that sounds interesting. I'm not sure what that's about, but that sounds interesting. Oh, then of course, make plenty of time. Oh, ooh, you know what? That's difficult because you have. I know you're smiling at me because you know what's coming what, up. What are the two? What are the two at the same time here? Yeah, you have Adventure Time, a totally algebraic dramatic reading, and you also have Orphan Black. Make the call. Uh you know what? You know what? Um, I think I'd have to go to the. Adventure Time. Ooh, tough call. I think I would, you okay. know. Okay. Um, but I really really like Orphan Black as well. Okay. Yeah, but I think that, that, that I don't know. That that's a tough one though.
1: So you're going to then you're going to stick around, you're going to go hit the bars. What are you going to do with your friends? Playing
3: on lifestyles. Playing on lifestyles, lifestyles a Yes. Okay, yes. there's always time. You maybe they'll have uh some blood wine there. Maybe maybe I could learn how to be like a Klingon teacher. That'd be fun.
1: There is a the, there's a whole <sighs> series of panels about education and geek stuff. Actually, that's really interesting. But I we didn't compile that because it's not TV.
0: But well, yeah, there's a whole track there. Do
3: they specify what grade levels they're for? I know, I'm not sure. We'll have to a look big into it. Difference, but uh, but yeah. So there's there's a lot to see. As I glance at Friday,
1: what I see is. Um staying out, first of all, since you can't really leave rooms easily and get in somewhere else, I just recommend people just hang out in the Indigo Ballroom all day. Because then that way, if you can get in, you get Adventure Time, you get Venture Brothers, which the Venture Brothers panel was that's awesome good. last year. Mm-hmm. Um, you also get uh, Robot Chicken could be fun, but certainly Bob's Burgers and Archer. H. John Benjamin is hilarious on panels. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that so that's, that's a good way to go if you're looking for that. But, you know, of course, if you want to get in line at like 4 a.m., then you can see The Walking Dead and Game of Thrones, but that's why I've never gone to the Game of Thrones panels, just because you have to get in line so crazy early. Um, let's see, Legend of Korra has been fun in the past. I would like to actually check out the black panel. Maybe I will be able to this year. Um, uh, Gravity Falls, I've enjoyed that. Um, and then, I don't know, I think, you know, it's, it's always good to try to wander into something you wouldn't necessarily think of because you can be surprised and kind of discover something new, which is what I did when I wandered into the Science of Science Fiction panel a couple years back and actually had a really great time. Um, Sleepy Hollow, again, like I said, I also feel like that would be a good one for for Comic-Con. And maybe this is time for me to finally check out the Thrilling Adventure Hour, which I've been meaning to do for quite a while, so there's that as well. But lots of interesting programming on Friday. Let's move it over, though, to Saturday. Next up is Saturday,
0: and we're going to kick things off at 10 a.m. with The Simpsons in Ballroom 20, then also at 10 a.m., Cartoon Network, Steven Universe in the Indigo Ballroom. 10 a.m. has Phineas and Ferb in Room 6A, as well as Why Not Serious, Comedy versus Drama and Animation in this room 9. And then also at 10.30, we have Avatar The Last Airbender, Legend and Legacy, Room 24ABC, and also at 10.30, Marvel Animation Presents in Room 6BCF. At 11, there's
3: Once Upon a Time in Ballroom 20, also at 11, Cartoon Network, regular show in, in the Indigo Ballroom. Uh, again at 11, Costume Designers Guild, Costume Design, in room 23ABC. At 11.15, there's Nickelodeon, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, a in room 6A. At 11.30, Inside the Writer's Room, Earth's Mightiest Writers, Reassemble! In room 24, ABC, and at 11.30, Mattel, Monster High 2014, We Are Monster High, in room 5AB. At noon, we have TV Guide Magazine, the
0: Fan Favorites panel in ballroom 20. I know people tend to enjoy those. Uh, lots of woo-girling at that mm-hmm. one. Uh, <laughs> at noon, as well, we have uh, the Helix panel in the Indigo ballroom. At 12.30, Sailor Moon's official panel, room 5AB. 1 o'clock, Family Guy in ballroom 20. Uh, at 1 o'clock Defiance in the Indigo Ballroom at 1 o'clock as well Cartoon voices number 1 room 6 BCF another 1 o'clock is the spotlight on Jim Steranko in room 9 and uh, that takes us to 1.30 ooh at 1.30 the Whedonverse, room 24 ABC uh, what is that? that'll be a panel talking about the shows and the comics and all sorts of different things I know Nicholas Brendon is going to be there for that and I want to say Jane Espenson as well and there's going to be some of the comics people will Joss Whedon be there? So I think they would have said if he was going to. But I don't know.
3: Just asking. Just asking. Alright, at um one forty five, the blacklist, room six A. At two, American Dad, Ballroom Twenty. Also at two, The Awesomes, a Hulu original, the Indigo Ballroom. At two, Lost, Podcast and Beyond, room twenty nine A and at two thirty, Creative Careers in Entertainment, room five
0: A B. 3 o'clock brings the Grim Season 4 panel in Ballroom 20. We also have uh, the Ascension panel at 3.15. That's that new show on Sci-Fi Channel, or Siffy, with uh, 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 Trisha Helfer and um, Brian Holt and some others. Then at 3.30, inside the making of Twin Peaks, the entire mystery Blu-ray Room 5AB. So that's going to be not inside the making of the show Twin Peaks. It's going to be the making of the the DVD box set uh, of Twin Peaks, the entire mystery. Then at 4, the Vampire Diaries special video presentation and Q&A in Ballroom 20, and, oh, this is a highlight for me every year, and yet I've I've yet to see it live, at least, and that's at 410, Entertainment Weekly's Women Who Kick Ass panel, Hall H, and that's going to have, among others, Maisie Williams and Natalie Dormer and uh, some other really awesome ladies who will be talking about their experiences in the industry
3: oh that sounds really cool okay at uh five true blood panel and q a in ballroom 20 then at five again the digital revolution the convergence of television and the internet in the indigo ballroom yeah that's been a big change yeah. in television it's huge um even though i don't follow the internet at all with that. But um at five Disney's Gargoyles the twenty year anniversary room twenty five ABC at five fifteen Constantine pilot screening and QA in room six BCF at five thirty spotlight um J. Michael straczynski room seven AB at five forty five Salem in room six D E.
0: Then at 6:15 we have the person of interest special video presentation and Q&A in room 6BCF. At 7 we have American Horror Story Coven in room 6DE. It was surprising to me that they're doing Coven and not their their new season that's going to start up in the fall. I, maybe they're going to preview it, but no, they're they're uh, this is for Coven. They're going to have Angela Bassett there. They're going to have some of the other stars of of this season. I remember being surprised by the caliber of. Uh, famous names that are going to be there for that panel. So that one would probably be fun, even though I'm not a big fan of that season. But, uh, Anyways, at 7.15, Adam and Jamie, Do-It-Yourself Superheroes, Room 6 BCF, and those are, of course, the Mythbusters guys. Then we have at 7.30, Machinima and Friends Happy Hour, After Hours Animation, Room 7AB. Warner Brothers uh, Television and DC Entertainment at 8 o'clock in Hall H. Now, this is a big change. This is the first time there's going to be a like a block panel several hour long panel in hall h for television usually that's just for movies so like the marvel movies panel or the fox movies panel um this year they're doing a warner brothers television panel from eight o'clock to 11 in hall h so this will be a uh, we'll see i would not be surprised if this catches on uh over you know next year there's more of this but for right now that is uh the only one, and that's going to be Constantine, The Flash, Arrow, and the world premiere of Gotham with special appearances by the cast and uh, creatives, and it's going to be hosted by Arrow's Stephen Amell. Uh, so I know there are people, I know Sean would have loved to be hanging out at that one if you were coming to, to Comic-Con this year. E30, The Psychology of Star Trek vs. Star Wars Episode 4 in Room 26AB, and then we'll close out the night with Cartoon Network, the regular show Rockathon Room 7AB, uh, also at 8.30. Now, Saturday's a little less crazy, because there's a lot more movie stuff, so there's, by necessity, less TV stuff. Uh, look at your day,
3: Maggie. What? what How would you build today? Oh, gosh. Okay, I might start with, why not serious comedy versus drama and animation? Because I think some of the best animations I've seen is when they're usually comedy, and they take a surprisingly serious turn, like that one Futurama with the dog. Jurassic Bark. Oh, <laughs> all <of> the feelings. <laughs> and, um yeah, so I think that can be an interesting, you know, something interesting that's done with animation. So I might start with that. Uh, and then I would go on to probably go to the possibly the Costume Designers Guild. Costume design because, you know, pretty. Um Let me see. Next I would go to I'm not sure what what do they mean T V Guy magazine fan favorites. What who I don't know, what is that? So this year it's
0: gonna be uh moderated by Damien Holbrook from TV Guy. Uh it's going to be a quote lively discussion from Some of the fan-favorite actors. So we have Misha Collins from Supernatural, of course, Castiel. Uh, Sam Hagen, I'm probably pronounced that wrong, who's about to star in uh, Outlander. Colin O'Donohue from Once Upon a Time, who people will know as Captain Hook. And Aisha Tyler from Archer. Of course, she's Lana on Archer. And uh, there's going to be others as well, but those are the people that they have confirmed for right now. So it'll just be panel with those people talking about
1: stuff.
3: Okay, so maybe I'd go to that, the TV guy magazine fan favorites. Um, I would want to... Ooh, oh, you have Cartoon Voices and the verse Collide. Mm. Well, I think I actually might go to Cartoon Voices. And then I would enjoy going to... I think I might like the Creative Careers and Entertainment... That might be interesting to hear about the different venues that there are for um that industry. And then after that, I would definitely want to go to um, Entertainment Weekly, Women Who Kick Ass. Um, and who are those again? Yeah, that should,
0: again, that one's always a highlight. Uh, this year, they're going to have uh, Maisie Williams from Game of Thrones, Aria, Katie Segal from Sons of Anarchy, and of course Futurama, uh, Tatiana Maslany. Orphan Black, Natalie Dormer from Game of Thrones, that's Marjorie, and Nicole Bahari from Sleepy Hollow, uh, who is, of course, the lead there. So that should be a fun panel, and it's always a, uh, yeah, it's always a, a fun thing to see. It's always really interesting and thoughtful, and uh, the hopefully the audience reaction will be as positive as I want it to be and not be as negative as uh, sometimes it has been, because it's always right before the Marvel panel, which tends to attract a certain bro- audience, um, and so they have to sit through these women talking about being female actors and what that means uh, in order to get to their, you know, awesome, explosion-y Marvel panel. So sometimes there's a bit of a conflict there for certain audience members, oh, but, very but I'm going to just hope that, that this is the, you know, the year where we have a supportive, awesome, audience, and not, like, two years ago when there were some grumbling and delightfully sexist comments that were kind of shouted at the stage while the actresses were, were leaving. Um, fingers crossed.
3: Are you going to be able to make that? No.
0: There's a zero percent chance that I will get in for that, because you'd have to get in line at, like, 4 a.m. to get in, because the Marvel panel is right after, so that's what people really care about.
3: Okay. All right. Well, so there's that, and then after that... um
0: is it
3: time to cut out and go get some dinner? Well, yeah, and I'm I'm kind of interested in the psychology of the start of Star Trek versus Star Wars. What's that about?
0: It's about the psychology of Star Trek versus Star Wars, and I would imagine that's one of those panels where they'll have some some psychiatrists or psychologists on the panel, and they'll talk about what these different things represent. Mm-hmm.
3: Okay, all right, so yeah, I might might take a a dinner break. Um, the Machinima and Friends Happy Hour After Hours Animation sound like it might be some fun. Um, And I might check out the last one, The Psychology of Star Trek versus Star Wars, and see what that's about. If they have some psychologists, too, it's always interesting getting their perspective. Yeah.
0: Okay, as I look through the day, what I'm seeing here is... uh, The Simpsons panel is fun. That's a fun one. You know, it's been a while since I really watched The Simpsons, but um, but they do, like, a draw-off between some of the different animators, and they do... uh, Like, there's some, you know, again... There's voice actors and and, and animators and, cur- and cartoon people, so that usually those are fun. Um, so that would be good. Or Phineas and Ferb, I think, is just a, a, a adorable and delightful as a show. It's very creative. So that again, I feel like that would also be fun. Then I'm with you on the Costume Designers Guild would be fun, but also inside the Writers Room, Earth's my Writers Reassemble, that could be fun too. So one of those, maybe look at the lines. Mm-hmm. then fan favorites why not I, I enjoy some uh, Aisha Tyler and of course Misha Collins is awesome as well um, so I'm uh, yeah, not as familiar with the other two then then I'd go over to like you were saying uh, probably Cartoon Voices then just get in line uh, or or go you know since we're teleporting, uh, we're teleporting. teleport into yeah. Entertainment Weekly women who kick ass and just like promise the bros that I I'm, I'm going to leave and not actually watch the Marvel panel uh, so they don't get too upset. Uh, then maybe spotlight on J. Michael Straczynski. You know, I'm not happy with True Blood right now, as listeners will be well aware. But the True Blood panel the past years, when I've been to it, has been fun. Uh, the cast is really good at panels, and um, they hand out swag, so you get like t shirt and stuff too. HBO is like pretty much the only part, the only company who still hands out stuff um, that of any you know note at their panels, so that might be, that might be fun, um, then, yeah, I'm with you, take a break, and maybe come back for the Coven panel, just watch uh, awesome people be awesome, See what they have to say about the season and the hot mess it kind of became.
3: <laughs> Explain yourself.
0: <laughs> and then, yeah, then I think take it easy. I Me, mean, psychology is Star Trek versus Star Wars. That could be that could be nice. But then, you know, maybe go get some sleep. uh Maybe you know, kind of recover a little uh, bit.
3: Oh, geez, Kate, you're gonna wuss out. Well,
0: no, because you have to. It's a marathon, not a sprint. That's,
3: okay, okay, okay.
0: And that takes us to Sunday speaking of, and you're actually going to Sunday, so you'll be a little bit more invested, maybe, in some of these picks.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Starting at 10 a.m., we have the Supernatural, special video presentation in Q&A in Hall H. 10 a.m., also Lego, Legends of Chima. Oh, Chima. my kids Chima. love that. Yes, uh, Room 25 ABC. Then we have at 10, world premiere of Scooby-Doo Freakin' Creepy, Room 6 BCF. Uh, 10.15, Sesame Street and Pop Culture, 45 Years of Spoofs on the Street, Room 6A. 11 a.m., the cross-generational appeal of Doctor Who, room 29A. Then we have the following special video presentation and Q&A at 11.15 in Hall H. 11.30, Cartoon Voices number 2, and 11, oh, that's in 6A. And then 11.45, Teen Titans Go! video presentation and Q&A in room 6BCF. And Meglar, if you would take us out.
3: Thank you. I shall. 12.30, Sons of Anarchy, Hall H. 1 to 2, Nickelodeon's. Sanjay and Craig, room 6A. At 130, superheroines, power, responsibility, and representation. Room 23ABC. 145 to 345, The Strain. Hall H, which is supposed to be gross and creepy. Well, in, a, in a good way. Yeah. I say gross in a good way as <laughs> a compliment. Yeah,
1: it's a two hour long panel. So likely what they'll do okay. is they'll screen an episode and mm-hmm. then have a panel.
3: That would make sense. Yeah. Maybe the premiere.
1: Well, they even know it's already premiered.
3: Why? I know they're not going to rescreen the premiere, okay. but it might okay. be a new episode. Maybe or it might be one. the
1: episode that aired the night before, uh, that was going to air that coming night. That's what I would expect. It'll okay. be the, the episode that'll air that night. Yeah.
3: 215, world premiere of Tom and Jerry, The Lost Dragon, room 6A, 245 to 345. Uh, Lego, Ninjago, room 5AB. Yeah, I teach second grade, and one of my kids really loves Ninjago, so I think that even be worth going to just to see what they were talking about <laughs> but yeah that was super popular okay room um three brown coats meet up yes room 29a firefly correct yes yes okay oh this is what kate's looking forward to Three thirty five. the original starship smackdown 13 battle of the intergalactic stars edition room 6a to 5, Buffy the Musical, Once More with Feeling. Uh, Room 6, BCF. That would be nice to see. I haven't seen that one in a while, so that would be some nice nostalgia to go to that. Room 4, finally, from 4 to 5, The Battle for Multicultural Heroes, Room 28DE. That sounds interesting.
1: Yeah, so there's, you know, of course those are all overlapping there at the end, like... Yeah. Oh, that's
3: true. Oh, Isn't yeah. Isn't that just
1: lovely? But let's take a look at Sunday mm. now, okay? So okay. what's, you know, let's build your Sunday.
3: Build my Sunday. All right, all right. Oh, goodness. Okay, I, I didn't really watch Sesame Street as a kid, but um, as a primary teacher, I feel like I should check that out. Okay. So I would I guess I would start with Sesame Street, and then uh, what's Cartoon Voices? number two Uh, that's
1: going to be uh voice actors talking about
3: stuff well you said that's fun and doctor who is dead to me so (laughs) i'll do that okay okay (laughs) um that so cartoon voice is number two and then hmm the i like the superheroines that sounds interesting so i think i'd go to that Oh, you know what? I'd have to skip the Ninjago, because Brown Coats is after that. What is that going to be about? People hanging out. Brown Coats hanging out. Just people milling around and talking? I've, I've never been, so
1: I'm not quite sure.
3: You can find on, out. Who's on the panel?
1: I, I don't know. Tell, Tell me. I don't know that there is a panel.
3: You I think it's useless. just Brown Coats hanging out. Well, I mean, that's what bars are for, so what's... I don't okay, know. Okay, I don't know. Have to, we, have uh, do, we have to explore find out. we have to, this bar. And, um oh you know what and then well kate would want to go to the starship smackdown um so that'd be a tough call because the battle for multicultural heroes sounds like that'd be an interesting topic but there's also buffy at that time and i would enjoy that as well so i'd have to see
1: but to see how you feel
3: i'd have to see how i felt okay
1: so for me this the supernatural guys do a good job with panels so that one comes down to when you want to get in line because that's That's a mega line commitment if you're going to try to get in at 10 a.m. Like you're in line by 5 a.m. to try to get in for the first panel of the day in Hall H. Um, Then, but if you don't, if you're not going to go that way, I'm with you. Go check out Sesame Street. Then I have more affinity for Doctor Who right now than you do. So cross generational appeal of Doctor Who works for me. Okay.
3: This is not the time. It's not the
1: time. People want to who want to discuss this with us, they can come to the to the meetup. Okay. Can. They can. And then uh Cartoon Voices, like you said, that sounds like that would be fun as well. Superheroes, I'm with you on that one. I could also, you know, I could always use more Tom and Jerry in my life. That might be fun. Um And then, of course, for me, it's all about the Starship Smackdown. It was one of my favorite things last year and the year before, and uh, I definitely intend to be there for that this year. So uh, we'll see what happens. You know, that's the plan, but the plan you know it's comic-con the plan falls out the window in the first day usually so uh, we will be back in a couple weeks to wrap up our experience at comic-con and talk about all of that but uh, we look, uh, we want to hear what you guys are, are looking forward to
3: at comic-con and if you're going
1: to join us at the
3: meetup it's like convince us to see stuff you know if there's something that you know if we didn't mention that is actually really interesting you know should we go see it what mm-hmm. is it about you know, etc. etc.
1: Et yeah, we don't want to. It's always good to discover new things at Comic Con. So mm-hmm. that is our twenty fourteen Comic Con preview, and uh, of all the various so much TV stuff going on there, and we'll be back in a couple weeks to to talk about you know what we actually end up, see- up seeing. Maggie will take us through some of the offsite. Uh, things to experience for those who don't have tickets for a given day, mm-hmm. um, and uh, yeah, well, we thank you all for listening as ever, and we'll be back next week with another episode of the Tellers.